Welcome to Healing House with Dr. Eileen. Dr. Eileen is an international healer, speaker, teacher, and published author of her latest book, Frequencies. Share the next half hour with us as we journey to find balance of body, mind, and spirit in an unbalanced world. We then invite you to call in or log into our chat and share your thoughts and insights. And now your host, Dr. Eileen. Well, happy Thursday, everyone. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. And as right here in the San Francisco Bay Area, we start gearing up for the 50th Super Bowl, which, once again, none of our teams are in, but hey, no hard feelings. So um, it is a time that people are excited and it's a little polarizing. Everybody's got their favorite teams, and even if their favorite team isn't in the Super Bowl, they're still talking about them on maybe how they should have been. So this is a time, and especially as we're heading into the political arena, that people can be kind of polarized. People can kind of be drawn to separate points. And there are many issues out there that have the ability to either have you at either one extreme of a viewpoint or at a totally different extreme of a viewpoint. And so today we're going to be talking about that and how we demonstrate our personhood by how we respond to these situations. So for those of you who are in the L.A. area, the call-in number is 424-258-9337. And those of you who are everywhere else, including right here in the absolutely wonderful, boy, we're going to have a gorgeous weekend weather-wise, if not traffic-wise, San Francisco Bay Area. The toll-free number is 877-697-9725. And producer Kiner is online, and she's got the chat room open. So I will be logging into that after the show. So the measure of a person is not so much in how they respond when they're treated well as much as it is as to how they respond when they're treated badly or in their mind they're treated badly or disrespected. And I was looking at Facebook, as I will occasionally do, and I noticed that a woman who I've known probably for more years than either one of us would care to mention, I mean, we knew each other you know, in grade school. She was a year ahead of me in my sister's class. So I've known this person, and she really is tremendously sweet. And she posted that someone had told her that because of her political views, now this is someone on her friends list, that because of her political views, she didn't, that person didn't want to be friends with her anymore. And knowing this person, I know that she... You know, whatever she stated, and I looked back, I never saw anything that, you know, was offensive. She merely stated a viewpoint. And for someone to say, you know what, we cannot be friends because you feel that way. And I thought, wow, isn't that interesting? Because, one, I think that it would be so tremendously boring if we all agreed on everything. And it is the differences that we experience from in our relationships with others that help us, one, to better define ourselves, and two, to better be able to live in community. 
And, you know, with this, as I said, between the Super Bowl and the political season, sometimes it's easy to forget that the person that we're talking to is a person as opposed to an ideology. Now, I will tell you that I have probably one of the most amazing spectrum of of friends. I've got folks who, you know, they're the people I hang out with when I'm going to do something crazy. Then others are people I hang out with when, you know, I've got that serious spirit work I need to do. And other people I hang out with because they also like the monkeys. And other people who, you know, who I just hang out with because they're fun. And I appreciate each and every one of them for their place in my life. Now, I know tremendously conservative conservatives. And I know tremendously liberal liberals. I also know tremendously conservative liberals and tremendously liberal conservatives. They are not a political party. They're a person. And when, you know, political times come up, yes, they're going to, you know, figure out ways of, you know, it's like, well, I feel this and I feel that. And I find that when somebody states something, it's like, oh, okay, well, cool. That's their idea. And I can actually learn something. This is a teaching moment. You want to diffuse somebody who is like really adamant in either a political view, even if it's something you totally disagree with. And in fact, especially if it's something you totally disagree with. You can completely shift the energy of a situation when you look at them and say, I mean, in all honesty, you know what? I really don't understand your perspective, but I would like to. Could you explain it to me? Now, in a lot of cases, and, and I've done this several times, and pretty much almost every time there's this gap where they just look at me and they go, well, um, it's just that, you know, I, I, I believe it this way and this is why. And I listen to them and I go, oh, okay. And maybe I don't agree with them and I'll tell them. It's like, well, that doesn't really resonate with me, but... I admire you for standing, you know, on your principles and, you know, and and holding it in that way because I know it's really hard if you hold an opinion that not a lot of people agree with and they kind of jump on you about it and and I'll bet that's really kind of stressful and really hard. And immediately they go, well, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm not a bad person. You know, just because I believe this doesn't mean I'm this. You know, it's just the way I feel and the way that, you know, it looks to me. That becomes a dialogue that becomes, you know, and then usually it's like, well, you know, I I really don't understand why you feel this way, but, you know, maybe you could explain it. Once we reach a place where we're actually explaining why we feel what we feel, there's a lot less animosity. There's a lot less hard energy. And, I mean, you know, there's light and shadow and everything. And because that's one of the things that I always believe, that each and every one of us, each and every situation, each and every aspect of the universe holds both light and shadow. And, you know, for people who are very passionate about what they feel, I mean, God bless you, you know, that is a commitment. No matter what it is, 
that's a commitment because there's always going to be people who are going to tell you that you're wrong. And and that can be really hard. And, you know, it's like, you know, being a, a spiritualist reverend and holding a lot of different traditions, a lot of different spiritual traditions, sometimes when I talk to people, you know, they, they think about that and they go, okay, she's going to either be airy-fairy or she's going to, if I'm a Christian, it's going to go badly or whatever. And, you know, when they talk about it, and, and often I find that, you know, Christians will like, well, I'm a Christian, as, as if it's like a little bit of a challenge when they're talking with a spiritualist. And I go, really? Tell me about your experience with that. And they'll like, oh, well, um, it's, you know, and they'll talk about maybe a really intense life story that, that brought them to that place. And it's like, wow, thank you so much for sharing that with me. And they just, you know, it, it's almost like they're not quite sure what to do with that. Because the idea that, you know what, your way in a different way than I do, but I think yours is really cool too. And, you know, it's, you don't, you don't even have to acknowledge embracing mine. I'm willing to just go, you know what, hey, you know, I, I really think that it's cool what you do. It's like, well, would you want to do that? It's like, not in that way, but that's not how I'm called. But, you know, I really think it's cool for you. And I think, you know, and hey, many rivers lead to the same ocean. And so the idea of acceptance, the idea that, you know, if somebody comes at us with something, you know, that's, you know, either antagonistic or somebody comes at us with something that is meant to provoke. And it's amazing how many people act to provoke without even realize they're doing it. There is the, you know, the blatant, oh, well, everybody knows that. And then, you know, they'll state some sort of of statistic or fact that it's like, really? There is absolutely no way that you could prove that or there's absolutely no way that could be true. And if you tell them that, it creates that provocation and they're going to defend it. If you go, oh, wow, I had not heard that. Okay. And, you know, just not buy into it. You know, somebody, you know, in a tug of war, you know, you got that rope, you've got the two sides pulling, that is going to be a really short game if one side just lets go of the rope. And and just say, okay, you win. We're going to go get some soda. It doesn't, you know, it, it does not create the push and pull when you go, oh, okay, well, Hey, you've got every right to your to your feeling, and you know, good luck with that. And you know, I I will definitely do some research on that. When we're able to recognize that we are people, when we're able to own the fact that you know, it's like you know what, maybe the information I have may not be totally correct, and maybe the information this person doesn't have may be totally correct. And somehow, though, I think we can still sit down and enjoy a barbecue together. I think we can sit down and, you know, play a game of cards or watch a goofy movie or, you know, just have fun and hang out. It doesn't have to escalate. We don't have to feel that tension inside of us that creates division. And the idea that, you know, it's like, because when we create that division, and it doesn't matter what the topic is, it could be the topic of child rearing, it could be, 
you know, vegan versus vegetarian versus hardcore carnivore. It could be, you know, living in the mountains versus living in the valley. It could be, it could be anything. You would be amazed at the levels of controversy that there are just between chiropractors. As a chiropractor, there are some who would say it's like, what, you do body work on them? Oh, my gosh, you're not supposed to do that. You're just supposed to, you know, adjust and they go. And others would say, what, you're not spending two hours with the person? You know, you need to balance their energy and you need to do this and you need to put them on the massager machine. And, you know, so there's a lot of different ways. And the cool part is, is that I know that out there, there is a method, no matter how bizarre it may sound, but there's somebody that that method will work on. And for the practitioner who's doing that, obviously they find people who it works with. So that's cool. I'm happy for them. I don't have to do it their way because they already are. The whole point is, is that between all of us, we all agree that chiropractic is really cool because there's a lot of folks who may say otherwise. And that is another type of situation that I really enjoy being in. If somebody is like, oh, my gosh, a chiropractor, and all they do is this and all they do is that, and it's like, oh, okay, well, why don't you tell me about your experience? And then they kind of look at me, and it's like, well, aren't you going to defend it? And it's like, well, if maybe if I had had the experience you had, I'd feel the same way you did. So I would like to hear about your experience, but, you know, I'm not going to try to change your mind. I'm not going to try to get you to come in. And usually by the time we finish talking about it, then they want to come in and see me because my point of view is a little bit different. And what I do resonates with them. We can do that in everything. I mean, cat people versus dog people. And, and, you know, it's like, look, we can all work out together because they have four legs and they run our lives. So we can, we can find those things that we have in common. And even if you get adamant cat people and adamant dog people, when you start talking about it, it's like, man, you know when you go on vacation, oh, my gosh. So we can find those places of commonality. We don't have to make somebody believe the way we believe because nobody can make us believe the way they believe. And we can also hear them out. Because when we hear out somebody else, there's more of a tendency for them to be able to hear us out. When it doesn't become a confrontation, when it doesn't become a battle. And I know that and have dealt with even folks in the spiritual communities who are very adamant on certain things. And they come in like a bull in a china shop. And it's, you know, no, this is the way you do it, and this is that, and this is that. And there's that sense of control. And I usually sit back and go, oh, okay. Because, you know, in the early part of my training, I had a teacher who would do just that. And he would sit back and he'd watch as, you know, people were kind of going through, well, no, it's the candles have to be lit in this order. And no, it's got to be done this way. And he'd just sit and he'd kind of grin. And he'd go, they're candles. They'll get lit. Spirit knows what we're doing. And that was my first introduction in not getting locked into how something happens. It's like, you know what, if we're going to get together and we're going to create an amazing intention for healing for someone, 
it doesn't matter if somebody's beating a drum. It doesn't matter if somebody's ringing a bell. It doesn't matter, you know, if the candles were in a particular way. You know, it's like, you know what, it's what's in your heart. And, you know, spirit, the universe, however you hold it, knows what's in your heart and it's what's in that person's heart. It's like, you know what, I don't even have to say what I want for this person because, you know, it's it's already set. The universe knows what that person needs. And when we're in that case of, you know, feeling like, you know what, nobody understands me. Nobody listens to me. Nobody hears what I'm saying. And then, you know, you sit down with somebody who is actually willing to go, you know what, I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear what it is that you're talking about. Even if the person doesn't agree, it just releases all of this hard energy just to be heard. And I know that every single one of us at some point just wanted to be heard. It wasn't about being proven right. It wasn't about, you know, the, you know what, who has the most evidence or who has this or who has that. It's just about being heard out. And then it's like, oh, okay, I see what you're saying. And maybe ask a few questions. It's like, you know what, you know, if, if just to clear it up, you know, this part of what you said, is that what you mean? Oh, well, yeah, pretty much. That's, it's like, oh, okay, okay. It's about finding clarity. It's about not deciding whether it is a black-white thing or whether it is a male-female thing, or whether it is a conservative-liberal thing, or a Democrat-Republican thing, or a Super Bowl team thing, and, and God forgive me, uh, right at this moment I can't remember who's playing. But it, it's the, the Super Bowl teams, whoever they are. You know, it, It's not about that. It's not about who is more right. It's about how can this experience enhance us so that we can live in a community where everybody's okay, where everybody's respected. And yes, I know there's a lot of folks who would say, you know what, that is not a realistic viewpoint, that people are going to have conflict. And I would agree. I agree totally people are going to have conflict. It's our nature. And we can choose how we handle that conflict. We can show the measure of the person that we are by not confronting, by not unfriending on Facebook just because somebody states an opinion that is opposed to yours. And um, I announced when I became a reverend and I became the associate pastor of the church uh, that I'm at called the Center for Creative Living, which is under the Universal Church of the Master. Interested in them? Look them up. They're really cool. So anyway, you know, I was announcing that I was an associate pastor and, you know, and all of that. And so one of my friends, who I know is a fundamentalist Christian, asked me, well, what kind of church is that? What do you believe? And I thought it was great. And, you know, and this is a person who often posts things that are, like, really very charged, very, you know, kind of over the top and, and, you know, oh, well, you know, and stating certain things. But when I explained to him, and, you know, it's like, okay, these are the tenets of the church and this is why it resonates with me. All he said was, oh, thank you for explaining that. Congratulations. Now, whether it resonated with him or not, I mean, he might have been saying, you know, that's a little airy-fairy and it's not, you know, according to the, you know, the way I hold it. But I've also known him for a very, very, very long time. 
and he knows that I respect him in his Christianity as he respects me in, you know, the fact that that would be one of the doorways that, you know, that I I honor. And that, you know, there's a whole different, you know, sort of paradigm. But we all end up in the same place. We all end up in that place of let's play nice. We all end up in that place of, you know what, if we're here and we're having a party and we're having fun, you know, what's, what's the point of getting into an argument? You know, it only brings it down for everybody. And it is so cool when you can get, and believe me, I've seen this happen, you can get an entire room full of people, all with opposing viewpoints, and, you know, they're talking to each other, and it's like, well, you know, da-da-da-da-da. And it's like, well, yeah, but you know, da-da-da-da-da. And then, you know, they pick up a soda, and they pick up a beer, or whatever it is, and they laugh, and they go, and you know, make sure that the ribs aren't being burnt. And then they'll talk about something else, or they'll talk about something that they both agree on, like, it's like, man, what about teenagers? Hey, I hear ya. And so, you know, then all of a sudden, we all the parents in the room are united, because it's like, yeah, I'm telling you, this is about this. We have more in common than we have that separates us. As a species, as individuals, we are more than our race. We are more than our gender. We are more than our viewpoints. We are a part of the universe. Science has proven that inside of us is the exact same stuff that you find inside of stars. We are made of the stuff of stars. And whether that comes through that spiritual piece or whether you're just dealing with straight science, we are so much more than disagreements about political views. Now, those discussions are important, and I would never say that they're not. There's a lot of very important things happening in the world, and this is going to be a big year of change. There's going to be a big year of shifts. This is going to be about us learning how to talk nicer to each other being more important than anything else. Because, I mean, we've got a lot of common stuff that we got to deal with. You know, we, we, I think we can all agree we would love a world where nobody was hungry. I think we can all agree that we would love a world where kids can grow up and be exactly whatever it is that they want to be and be able to be loved and, and, you know, educated. I think we can all agree that it's cold and wet when you don't have a home and that, you know, there are ways to find solutions for that if we work together. When I talk about the measure of a person, that's your your inner self, your inner your inner being. And when something comes somebody comes up to you with something and it, it provokes a really strong response. It's like, wow, why am I getting so emotional about this? Why is this so intense for me? Where does this live inside of me? And what is triggering, you know, maybe anger, maybe fear, maybe it could be almost anything. So by taking ownership of who we are inside and why we feel so strongly about something, and you could have a perfectly good reason for feeling strongly about it. And the best way to bring out the best in others, the best way to move us toward a place where we can resolve and not just be able to make it day by day, but we all thrive, is going to be by living in community. 
And one of the hardest things is to feel you don't have a community. One of the hardest things is to feel isolated. There are many cultures where the ultimate punishment is to be shunned. The ultimate punishment is to be removed from the pack, to be removed from the community. And, you know, that is just so painful because when we're on our own, we've only got that negative self-talk that, you know, maybe is a part of, you know, part of our history. It's a part of, you know, life experiences. But we don't have anybody who just comes up and says, hey, it's okay. You're going to be all right. And that can be so important sometimes because I'm sure everybody has either been the one to hear it or been the one to need to hear it, you know, or to be, you know, the one to say, hey, you know, you go up to somebody who looks like they're having a problem, you sit down, it's like, hey, are you all right? You're, you're going to be okay. You're going to be all right. Don't worry about it. We'll, we'll take care of you. And it is amazing how transformative that is. And if you have ever felt that feeling of not having community, of not being heard, of, of isolation, you know how powerful that can be and how amazing it is when somebody comes up to you and says, hey, are you okay? It's all right. You're going to be okay. When um, we did a celebration of the season of Imolk and those who follow the Wheel of the Year and the more paganistic views, you know, I'm a Druid, so, you know, we hold that celebration. And it is the idea that it's not spring, but it's the first signs of spring. And you start deciding, it's like, okay, we're going to start planting, we're going to do all these things. We can celebrate because we know that the winter is almost over. And so we were having a celebration, and one woman, you know, was getting ready to go through something, you know, fairly intense surgical procedure. So she asked that we pray for her. And that same night, we had a group from, uh, there's a men's group uh, associated with the Universal Church of the Master, and a really great bunch of guys. And so they were having their meeting in one section of the building. We were having our meeting, and they had come in and shared the feast, and, you know, they were going out. So I asked one of them, I said, hey, when you guys go back into your meeting, can you pray for this woman? And she didn't know who she was, and nobody in their group knew. But I said, you know, she's going to be going through a surgical procedure, and we'd like you to add your prayer and your good intention to this because we're going to do a prayer for her. So, you know, we get into a circle and we put her in the center of the circle and, you know, we start, you know, bringing out that good intention and bringing out those those positive thoughts and, you know, hopes for her healing and, and all of that and for the people taking care of her. And all of a sudden I felt like this this protective wall around us. And I opened my eyes and the men had come in and they had surrounded our group. We were, we were all women. And they had surrounded our group, and they were adding their energy to what we were hoping for this woman. And it was amazing. They didn't know who she was. They didn't know exactly what was going on, but they knew she needed that help. And they were there to provide that as we were there to provide that for her to be able to know that in that moment, in that space, she was safe, she was loved, and she had people who were going to be putting out good positive thoughts for her, is magic. That is so tremendously special. 
And if you've never had a group of people just focused on something for you, just saying, hey, this person needs it. And I was really proud of her because she actually said it. Often people won't say, you know what, I could use some good thoughts. I could use some prayers. I could use some intentions. I could use some energy, you know, for people who do energy healing. And, you know, whatever tradition you hold, however you hold it, when I use the term prayer, it is about, you know, coming from that place of heart. It's about coming from that place of wishing somebody well. It doesn't matter which tradition, but it's it's that hope for someone's best and highest good. The measure of a person, it's not in the views we hold. It's not in the amount of money we have. It's not in our ability to speak louder than anybody else. It's our ability to connect. It's our ability to hear honestly and openly and create a dialogue where two people can find common ground and understanding. So go out, find somebody with an opposing view to yours to get them to defend, but just say, you know what? I don't really understand it from that perspective. Can you explain that? And you see an amazing thing happen, that they feel safe. And safe is something that we all could use. So thank you for joining me. We'll be back next Thursday. I will be joining the chat room shortly. So until next time, I wish you balance. I wish you blessings. I wish you the full measure of your personhood and the ability to be heard. This is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. Take care.